Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. praise you. Come on, church. Lift up your voices with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you tonight, Lord. Father, your presence, Lord God. I'm, you're preparing hearts tonight, God. Father, you are just going to deliver those, Lord God, bound by depression, anxieties, Father God. I'm praying, dear God, that tonight that you remove all distractions, Father. Lord God, that you would release, release your presence tonight, Lord God. Burdens will be lifted tonight, Lord God. We give you the honor. We give you the glory tonight, God. In your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap off you tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Some of you had a very rough day, man. It was, it, it was a scorcher today. Amen. And you know what? It's good to, you know, some of you had to like really fight with yourself to say, man, I'm going to church. Man, you know what, but once you get here, the, you, you, you're, you're glad that you made that choice. And then there's, a, there's an a, a anointing when you walk in and God just starts to lift that up. And you may have came in tired, beat down, sun beaten, whatever, but God is going to do something tonight if you let him. Amen? Amen. So tonight I get the honor to preach. I, I want to speak on, on time. And Ecclesiastes 3 gives us a... a a reference to time. There's a season. There's a time for, for laughter. There's a time for mourning. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. But one of the things that we understand is that the, the choices that me, we make, there's consequences behind it. Can I hear an amen? amen. That the choices that you choose, that uh, there, there's a consequence behind it. A wise man once told me, he said, never ever criticize or get on your wife about the bad choices that she makes. I'm a smart man. And I ask why? He says, because you were one of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> See, one of the things is, is that the world tells us and it, 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 it pushes it on us is that that the most important things in life are fame and money uh pleasures uh, the possessions uh objects of of value things that that you see your children see and that you know you want that you 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 covet that and you and you 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 see that all that is involved in it's 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 infiltrated to it's just pushed on us uh and, and you and you you get that mindset where you know what do i need that should i should i invest in that is there is this a time to to put my money in the stock is it all these things come to us but what happens in, through that is oftentimes we, we lose the sense and value of what God is giving to the church today. Christians, we must ask ourselves, what is it that we value? 
If you'll turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And I brought my little hourglass here. It's actually 30 minutes. But I, I'll, I'll give you a little insight on that. Each grain of sand, it gives you two grains of sand each second. And why that means something is, is that every, two, every second, two people slip into eternity. So by the time this is through, 1,500 people will have slipped into eternity. And so sometimes we, we look at time and we, we, we try to understand and, and we think we have so much of it. That we have such a resource of time that, you know, we have time to do this and time to do that. And one person said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. And oftentimes we, we, we look in and we, we, we uh, can say to ourselves, you know, if, if I had an opportunity to do things different, what, what would I do? I think there's not a person here who has said at one point in their life that, you know what, I wish I would have done it dinner. Hindsight, I would have did it this way. If I would have knew the outcome. One of the, one of the things that I say to myself, if, if I knew the, uh, how powerful God was when I was you, I would have never walked away. I didn't have that sense. I was young and, and I, 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 you know what, there was things that I thought, you know what, were, were more important. And, and I fell for that lie. How I many know that the enemy will always show you the bait, but he will never show you the hook. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, five, uh, chapter 5, verse 15, it reads this. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The word translated here, the, making the most of your time, or redeeming the time, some of your versions might say, it's, it means to ransom, to buy up, or making the most of every opportunity. You make the best of your time. See, I think that, like I said, that I'm not alone when I say that sometimes we wish we could have go back in the past and correct some of our wrongs. Time is precious. Make the best of your time. Wise people know that their time is precious. And I don't believe that there's anyone here who feel that, you know what, we can stretch our time or take back time, delay it. The clock is always moving. How, how many are, are, know somebody that is, man, always five minutes late to everything? And we try. We, we, we move the clock five minutes back, but they just think to themselves, I know it's five minutes back, so I still got five minutes. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help. But we do things that, that we feel that are, are necessary. And the, and the one thing that we really don't fully grasp is that we have the same amount of time each day. Every one of us, what we choose to do with that time is important. Some of us are okay with five hours sleep. Some of us, man, if you don't have your 12, man, you're like, you know, don't talk to me. <laughs> How many know somebody like that? Okay, nobody's talking, so it must be you. Hallelujah. <laughs> one different understanding of this definition is, in, is ways people use it to the fullest possible 
The advantage for they know once it has passed, they can never recover a missed opportunity. I mean, as a parent, you look and you, your children, they grow so fast. Now as a grandparent, I look and see, man, they're growing so fast. You know, sometimes these kids, they, they move out of the cute, the cute moment. Now they talk back. Now they question things. And, and now, now they're, they're not, not that Google Gaga baby that you used to bounce on your knee. And now, now, they, now they question you. And we think, man, you know what, where has the time gone? And, and, we, and we wonder, like, what, what is ahead? Where, where are we going with this? And, and I think as, as an individual, what I say to myself is, like, I want to make every use of the time that I have. I don't want to waste time. We have no opportunities that we should say, you know what, I have all the time ahead where I can do what I want and continue to do, live the life that I want to live. See, even professed Christians can fall into the trap of thinking that we have an unlimited amount of time to finally pull our lives together. God is dealing with us. I think, I think these last several months that the messages that have been coming across is where God is trying to wake us up and bring us to a point where we say, God, God, what is it that you're trying to tell the church? What is it? God, where are we going? Where is the church headed? This, this uh, 21st century, I believe that these last past two years, God has done something in our lives where we had the time. We had the time to get things in order. You had the time to take care of the things that you needed to do. Now we're in a season where we see we need to start putting some of those things that God had applied to us and put them into action. Put them into action to the, to the point where we say, you know what, God, that season where you were developing me, now I have the opportunity to, to do what you have called me to do. Now I have the opportunity to get into a Bible study, get more into prayer, get into witnessing, get into doing the things that will benefit my walk with you in the kingdom of God. Verse 1, it says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, pleads... Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as a wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. Paul warns the Christians here to be careful how they walk. Watch your steps. Watch your steps. Walk upright. Avoid the pitfalls and be wise. How many know that there are traps that the enemy has set for us? In every, every area of your life, it might be in the school, it might be in the, in the workplace, uh, in, 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 within your own family, but the enemy is always trying to trip up the people of God. So Paul's warning here to the Ephesian church is to walk wise, not as unwise men. Why would we need to be warned? I wrote this down. It says, because there is a danger in thinking that you own tomorrow. Don't be like the unwise foolish. From the Hebrew translation is an unbeliever. You hear the term, don't act a fool? Don't act like an unbeliever. Paul's telling the Ephesian church, look, when you go out and you walk, you represent Christ. You represent, you represent the gospel. When you walk, walk upright. Avoid the pitfalls and walk upright and represent God. Hold your head up high. 
Hold your head up high. See, we live in a society now that comes down on the Christian faith, comes down on preachers, comes down on the church. They, they, they always have a nev- negative scenario where they're always trying to put Christians in a box and paint them in a negative light. But we have the opportunity to say, you know what? It's not like that. It's not like that. I live for God because I love God. I love God because God first loved me. God restored my marriage. God restored my mind. God took me from the miry clay and he put me on a solid rock. God put me in a position around people surrounded who encouraged me, who pushed me, encouraged me and lift me up. So don't walk as unwise, he says. He says says that if we walk in that manner, to avoid it. Foolish people naively convince themselves that they have plenty of time. Oh, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll get saved. Tomorrow I will commit to discipleship. Tomorrow I'll pay my tithe. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll change my ways. Tomorrow, I will, you know what, I will make that commitment. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Proverbs 27, 1, turn with me there. It says this. It says, do not boast about tomorrow. For you, don't knew, you do not know what a day might bring forth. See, it's okay to have plans. But we always must be mindful that God can always change it. God can always change it. I mean, I thought I had a, a, a nice little plan, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s. I said, you know what, by this time I want to have this. You know, I, I remember in my family, they laughed because I remember I said, man, when I turn 40, I want to get a, a, a Harley. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And my family said, you're crazy. You ain't getting no Harley. You're going to crash on the freeway and leave me a, a widow with all these kids. You're crazy. So my, for my 40th birthday, they gave me a cake with a little Harley motorcycle on top of it. That's as close as I was going to get. See, one of the things one person said, time is free. But it is priceless. You can't own it, but you could use it. You can't keep it, but you could spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. We're always advancing. We're always getting to to a point in our life like, you know what? We look back and we say, man, you know what? Where have the years gone? Some of us has been here for a number of years and you think back. You said, man, I've been here how many years? Five years, 10 years, 15 years. And then you say to yourself, where has the time gone? If we redeem it, we redeem it. We make use of it. We, make, we take every opportunity and we say, you know what, God? I want to be a better person. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be useful. I want to be helpful in the things of God. I want to be an encouragement to my brothers and sisters. I don't want to be a liability. I want to be someone that they could come to me and say, you know what, will you pray for me? People will always reach out to those who they know have something to offer them. So you can use it, but you can't own it. 
Paul is saying, make the most of every opportunity and make the best use of your time. Opportunities must be exploited while they last. Make use of it. In John chapter 9, verse 4, it says, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. How many know that we're in a time where if we do not make use of the time and the opportunities that God grants us, that, man, there's going to come a time where we're not going to be able to work. There's going to come a time where, you know what, we're not going to have the light like the Bible says. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the coming of God. I'm looking forward to that day where Jesus is going to call his people home. And I think it's a time where we need to get on track where we say, you know what, God, I'm going to start reaching out to those people who need to hear about the gospel. Some of us here, your neighbors don't even know that you're a Christian. Your co-workers don't even know that you're a Christian. I think one of the, one of the most key factors that keep people from being a witness is that the, the fear of rejection. The fear that you will be looked on as a, as a nut, as a religious nut, as an individual who's just, you know what, they've lost it, so, you know what, they can't cope with life, so they turn over to Jesus. How many know that Jesus is the reason that we are able to think clearly? Jesus is the reason why we're able to grasp things. Before Jesus, we didn't have that clear mind. Some of you, man, when you would walk out and you, you, would, you would see a car go by, and you would just have to give that second look. Or you heard a car backfire. You would jump. I mean, I was, I was driving somewhere. And I think every car that I seen had those limousine tint windows. You don't, they, you don't know who's looking at you. And they drive by real slow. And you just, man, you just look straight ahead. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. I believe as Christians, we must prioritize. Prioritize. Priorities. Serving God should be your main focus. Serving God should not be an option. An option be meaning that serving God or going to church should not be an option unless you have something else better to do. Unless there's something that you really want to do. And you know what? You, you put things on the shelf, your, your priorities, your, you start to compromise, and then we start to go in a downfall, and we just start to, every day, every day, you, at, where at one time, you, you didn't want to start the day without prayer. You didn't want to start your day without getting some word and reading a devotional. And then we put it off one day, and one day turns into two, two day turns into three, five, seven. And before you know it, we start to get a coldness about us and we say oh you know what I'll catch up I'll catch up I'll get back to it I'll remind myself and time goes by and time goes by as I look at this and I start to see that all this sand that starts to gather that I'm running out of time I'm running out of time every one second two grains of sand two people slip into eternity I've had the opportunity to minister to people who were on their deathbed. And I, and, and I always, the joy that I, I have when I, when I leave that, that area is, is that this person, God had grace on them. We think that, you know, sometimes that people don't want to win, witness to this individual because they don't feel that they're worthy of salvation. They don't like the lifestyle that they live. 
in my field, in infectious disease, I would minister to people who were dying of horrible diseases. Family rejected them. They wouldn't visit them. But I, one time I had this individual where God just put it on my heart to share Jesus with him. And he was, he was, he had just been released from the hospital and he was there. And my doctor, who was a Christian, he would witness to him. And then when it was my turn to go in and set him up, maybe get blood from him and do all the things we needed to do. He tells me, Tony, bring him to Jesus. And I remember I walked in there and I just started sharing with him. He was in tears from just hearing about how much God loved him from the doctor. And I remember taking all my, my blood samples and I placed them in the wheelchair and I was pushing them out and they were going to pick him up. That was on a Friday. I started to talk to him, share with him. And I asked him, I said, Jack, do you know Jesus? Would you like to know Jesus? Would you like to ask Christ into your heart? He said, you know what? I, I, I would. And we prayed right there in the front of the building. The bus came, picked him up. That was on a Friday. I get a call Monday morning from the services that provide, that brought him, that he had passed away over the weekend. And I thought to myself, the opportunity and the grace of God where, you know what, I, I took advantage of that and said, you know what, God, if you make a way, I'm going to speak up. If you prepare his heart, I want to be used by you. We never know that that individual that we walked past or that individual that we said, you know what, I'll talk to them another day. Right now, it's not a right time for me. We don't know where they're at. We don't know if that was the opportunity and the time that God allotted for that individual. I believe that if you have that opportunity and you pass it up, God's going to send somebody else. I pray that. I say, you know what, there's times where I say, you know what, God, send a messenger. I, you know, you're driving and you see somebody and you just say, you know, what, God, send somebody. So we redeem the time. See, Christians, like I said, we must prioritize and, and determine eternal versus the temporary. We should, have a, we should have our mind set on the things of God. Things that are going to last. The temporary, man, all these things that, you know what, we want to accumulate in our life. We're not going to be able to take them with us. We're not going to take I don't care what that bumper sticker says that the boy that dies with all the toys, you know what, he wins. No, he still dies and he leaves all his toys behind. So eternal versus temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, turn there with me, please. Time is precious. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 18, it reads this. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are are eternal. See, I believe that we're in a time, church, where it's time that we can't play games. We can't play games. God is coming for a pure church. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect here. How many know that we're far from perfection? Amen. But you know what? It should be our, our mindset that we say, you know what, God, I want to glorify you. I want to be a good ambassador for you. I want, to be a, I want to be a Christian. And the term Christian is what? Christ-like. That we say, you know, we strive for that. I mean, every day we have opportunities. 
Every day we have opportunities to do the right thing. And the choices that we make, like I said, consequences follow. And the benefits of, the, of, of living a life worthy of Christ and walking upright, they're rich. They're rich. How many here can say, you know what, I've been blessed over the last couple years by doing what God has called me to do. I've been blessed. God has opened doors. See, the Christian that has a struggle, the Christian that is, is, is you know, every day is trying to fight through it and say, you know what, I, I almost backslid or I almost did this or I did that. They've yet to tap into God. They've yet to tap. If you're having that struggle, you look and research and find out what is it, God, that I am not doing? What is it? And most likely God is trying to get a hold of you. God is constantly trying to pull things out of us and put his, his glory and rest upon us and, and just give us a new heart transform us how many know that before Christ you didn't have the peace of God in your mind you didn't have it you wondered how this was going to take place how is that going to get paid is my children are they going to come back is, is my husband going to get off of drugs or all these things all these questions that we have but when you have Christ in your heart you have the peace of God believe me man I have family members that you know what some some of the choices that they make they're not very pleasant. But what I do is I say, God, you know what? You touch them. You minister to them. I can't change nobody. I can't. People could take my advice or not take it. But I believe that when God touches you and you have a true touch from God, a true touch from God, God will transform you. God will turn your life around. God will do a work in your life. God will put you on a solid path. So it's not a time to play church where we have one foot in and one foot out. See, I know people who love to go to church because it makes them feel good. I did. I remember, but we didn't want to, well, we didn't want to go to church. We just wanted to watch church. Sunday morning, you'd, you'd be, have a little hangover and turn on a Christian station. You had your church for the day. <laughs> but God said, you know what? I want more. I want more. See, and as I started and, you know, I, I, I would encourage people like, hey, get, get more of God. Read. Pray study, hang around with Christians that have the fire and get them to, to encourage you and, and you start to do that, there's something that transforms in your life. There's something that takes place in your life. In Romans chapter 13, it says, knowing that time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The Message Bible says this, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off. Oblivious to God, the night is about over. Down is about to break. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. See, when these scriptures, you read them, they come alive to you and they give you a clear picture of what God is trying to tell you. See, I know there's times, man, where we just have that moment. You come out of prayer and you say, you know what, man, I feel good. 
Me coming out of this conference, man, God was showing me things. God was stirring me up. How many here had the opportunity to get a hold of, of what God was trying to tell you? But see, now it's time to act on it. Don't wait for the next three months to get restarted again. Don't wait for the third uh, conference to come forward before you finally say, you know, and now I got the full picture. I believe that this was set up for you to grasp what God is doing. Where he's saying, you know, redeem the time. Take the, what, the orders that I have given you, the instructions that I have given the church. Apply them to your life and put them into action. See, we need to wake up. Jesus is coming. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear somebody say, how many here are waiting for the coming of Christ? Are you ready? You're ready. You don't want to be like the unwise, unwise foolish Bible. Some terms call them foolish bridesmaids. They weren't ready. They didn't have the oil in their lamp. And what they try to do, they try to borrow. You can't, you can't borrow someone's anointing. You either get it or you don't get it. God is coming for a church of people who are ready. When I read that story of the bridesmaid, it was, it was common for, the, for the, the groom to travel, to go prepare a place for the, his bride. And sometimes they said it even took up to a year. So you have the idea that they were told to be ready month after month. Keep your lamp filled. How do you keep your lamp filled? Prayer. Getting a hold of God. Letting God speak to you. See, you could listen, but are you hearing what God is telling you? Throughout the Bible, hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. Apply it to your life. Let God speak to you. Your prayer should be, God, search my heart. Search it. Reveal to me what it is that I need to do in my life to make the corrections that I need to do in my life so I can, I can benefit it, so I can grow. How many here want to grow in the things of God? Where you say, you know what, I want to grow. I want to, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to have that relationship like that individual. I want to have that faith like that individual. It's the same measure of faith you have. Do you activate it? Do you say, you know what, I apply it. I walk in it. I believe it. God said it. I believe it. His promises are yes and amen. I believe it. I'm going to pray for my family. You know what, God, I don't see it. I don't see it, man. As many times as I pray for them, they're, they're getting a little bit more twisted. They're getting a little farther off track. But God, your word said that you would save my household. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to believe in it and I'm going to walk in it. I'm looking at this and I read that a, they estimate around 59 people die each year. On an average, two people, like I said, every second. And on average, more than 160,000 people die each day. People who will slip into eternity. What do we do with our time? As Christians, we can't afford to put things off tomorrow that we need to address today. God has been dealing with us on getting things right, getting our house in order, getting our heart in order. Time to forgive that person. Stop waiting. Oh, you know what? I'll do it on communion. <laughs> I got another 20 plus days. I'll take care of it. When God gives you that instruction, 
Act on it. Apply it. Get a hold of that person. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is humble yourself. See, in my family, nobody really said sorry. They didn't. You know how they said sorry? Hey, I'm going to go get an ice cream. Do you want one? (laughs) If you said yes, that meant you forgave me. And we move on. (laughs) But those are the hardest words to say. Two words. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. How many have you ever, have you ever thanked your parents for putting up with you? Thank your wife for not knocking you out in your sleep. <laughs> so what must we pray? David wrote this in Psalms 90. He says, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Make use of the time that we have. Avoid time wasters. How many know that there's a lot out there that waste our time? There's a lot. Stop spending too much of your life worrying. Worrying. One person said worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. It gets you nowhere. Stop spending too much of your life on trying to get all the possessions that you can. You can only have so many jerseys. You can only have so many bags and so many pairs of shoes and all those things. All those possessions, they're nice. They're nice, but they don't define you. They don't define you. Stop spending too much time being unprepared. Be ready. Be ready. Some of you here have a call. And God's asking you to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Start putting things together. Ask help. Ask one of us ministers to help you out if you need help. Ask us to lead you in a direction if that's your calling. Ask somebody for a hand. How many know that it's not, it's not bad to ask for help if you need it? Right? We grew up in an in, in a era where, you know, we wanted, if I couldn't do it, it wasn't going to get done. And that's why we got projects that still haven't been done. You still haven't painted that wall and it's been there for how long? When are you going to get to it? Because we don't want, we, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> See, God helps me to make the most of the time you allotted. Let that be our prayer. God, help me to make use of the time that I have. Let's stand here this evening. Time. I'm out of time. One of the areas that I want to address is to the unsaved and to the backslider here today. You can keep putting it off. I'll do it next service. I'll do it on Easter. I'll do it on this day. But you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, For he says, it is an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, I don't think we're in a a time where we continue to put things off that we need to address today. If you're backslidden here this evening and maybe you're watching us on our live stream and you say, Anthony, I want to get back to 
to where I was. I've made some mistakes. I regret them. But I want to put them behind me and I want to make my life new in Christ again. If that's you here this evening, I just want you to make your way up. Or you're not saved, you don't know Jesus. And you say, I'm going to give my heart over to Jesus. This is my first, second time coming here. I've been invited. I've, uh, someone sent me the link and I'm watching and I, I want to just ask Christ into my heart. If that's you here tonight, I want you to just say this prayer with me and believe it in your heart, the Bible says. Confess it with your mouth and you will be saved. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. I confess this day you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name.